Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that's celebrating this weekend. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who, along with me, is the co-best man for a wedding next week. Ah, yes, that's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother, who's the one getting married? That's right, the groom, Trey Newman. All right. Uh, Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at CFB Bros, on Instagram, at College Football Bros. Maybe we'll have some some pictures from the wedding on there. And then Facebook, facebook.com slash college football bros and trey you did say right that in lieu of wedding gifts from the listeners you'll be asking for five-star reviews uh yeah no i i don't think i said that but uh i'll gladly accept five stars all right perfect perfect i think Allie said that right she was like i'd really love some more <laughs> sure. some more five-star reviews that's all she wants out of this wedding is just five-star reviews exactly okay cool well hopefully the listeners will oblige uh on today's episode we are gonna have a college football spelling bee in honor of the Scripps National Spelling Bee going on right now. And Ryan will have a top five list. But first, let's start by discussing some of the 2019 preview articles that have come out in the past few weeks. The first one is from Bleacher Report, and they predict the top 10 offenses in 2019. Their top five, Oklahoma, Alabama, Clemson, Houston with Derek King, and then Georgia at number five. So Ryan, which team just in the overall top 10 did you think was too high? Well, it kind of seems weird to say here, but uh, I'll go with Oregon being too high at sixth. Um, Okay, yeah. Yes, they have Herbert and a lot of other pieces coming back. Uh, They do lose Dylan Mitchell, which hurts. uh, But they were 58th in yards per play last year. And that was with three cupcakes uh, in the non-conference. I mean, their non-conference was a joke. So... I don't see how they can make such a huge, significant jump up into the top 10. Well, six, they have them here, uh, especially when when one of the one of the uh, their non-conference games is Auburn this year. So they're going to have a much tougher road. So I don't I'm not seeing Oregon as a top six at all. Yeah, I mean, it is natural, like you said, Ryan, to think that they should take a giant leap considering all that returning talent. Mm-hmm. But I just I, I have a hard time looking at the second half of last year when when their offense just wasn't clicking, it wasn't that great. Uh, so, you know, even if they improve, which I think they will, I just don't see maybe that dramatic of a leap. Oh, so so we're all you're going with Oregon then, Trey as well. That was your answer. Oh, yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm on board with the the Oregon being too high. Also, all right, it is a clean sweep. All three of us Ooh. are going with Oregon as the most overrated. I mean, you guys brought up most of the good points. I will say, I guess in Oregon's defense. Ryan, you mentioned the only guy they lose, Dylan Mitchell. They do replace him with Jawan Johnson, the Penn State transfer. But still, I agree with you guys. I don't think they're going to jump high enough from last year. Yeah. You know, they were 30th in Massey Peabody's rankings last year. I don't see them getting to the top 10. No. Nope. Uh, okay, how about the biggest snub? Hopefully, we have some different answers here. What do you What do you think, Ryan? Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going with Michigan. Um, okay. I think they're going to make it because that's what I said. Oh, <laughs> it's all right. I've got another school, so we're good. We're I good. thought you might because, you know, you, you've you been of all course. over Michigan. but Of course. I, I like them. Uh, I think they're going to make uh, a pretty big uh, jump here under Josh Gaddis. And as we know, they finished the year pretty darn pretty darn good on offense. Well, just really just on offense. Their defense kind of faltered. but um, <laughs> So I expect a big year out of Shea Patterson and company. really do. 
Okay, I'll I'll differ from you from you guys. I'll go with Ohio. Uh, you know, obviously the resident Mac bro here. Yep. You know, they were hovering hovering around the top ten in in key offensive court categories last year, and Nathan Rourke he's it, he's been there forever, but he's been one of the the best quarterbacks in the country that that the average fan doesn't really know about. Uh, they do now. Granted, they do lose their top running back and receiver, but I think Rourke is good enough in his dual threat capability to make up for some of those losses, in my opinion. So I I like Ohio this year. Yeah, Rourke is awesome. So hard to disagree there, Ryan. Just to add on to your point about Michigan, that receiving core has a ton of potential. I mean, there's a little bit of boom boom or bust potential there, just because of all got to be healthy. You know, see the field. Yeah, injury concerns, but Tariq Black, Nico Collins, and donovan peoples jones like that is a is a great group right there it's a great receiving corps it is um so another snub that i that i wrote down was oklahoma state they were one of the better offenses in the country last year as it was i mean tylen wallace what's that tylen wallace exactly tylen wallace um at receiver hubbard at running back even bringing in uh the coordinator sean gleason from princeton i think that's a creative hire that that could pay dividends and then at quarterback, yeah, they lose Taylor Cornelius, but I don't think it's going to be much of a downgrade really at all uh, with Spencer Sanders or Drew Brown, whichever one of those guys becomes the starter. I think they could honestly be even better than Cornelius. Yeah, they were kind of, you know, going into last year, people were worried about Cornelius and if he was going to be able to have a decent year when, okay, look what he did. He had a pretty he had a pretty darn good year. Gundy, Gundy churns him out, man. He does. exactly. All right. Next article was also from Bleacher Report, predicting the top 10 defenses for 2019. So their top five were Alabama, Penn State, Clemson, Michigan, and maybe a surprise with Cal at number five. Uh, Trey, which team from the top 10 did you think was too high? I'm going with Penn State. I, I am high on their defense, and Micah Parsons could be the next best defensive stud that the country will know about this year. But to me, to have them second maybe was a little bit of a reach. They lose two big contributors in the secondary, Nick Scott and Amani Oruarie. And now with the offense looking like a little less productive than last year without McSorley, the, the defense could be on the field a little bit longer. I, so I'm, I'm, I am high on their defense, but I'm just not seeing number two right now. Okay, I went a little bit lower on the list at the bottom, actually. Southern Miss at 10th. Yeah, really? Top 10 Southern Miss? Yeah, I mean, we're going to get to the snubs in a little bit, but there's so many other teams, Power 5 teams with a lot more talent that were better than Southern Miss last year. I mean, Southern Miss wasn't even a top five group of five defense last year, according to S&P Plus. So, yes, they are going to be very good, but I just don't think top 10. No, especially I, I saw they also lose like six key contributors. So, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not getting the Southern Miss thing there <laughs> but uh i'll go somewhere else though you actually mentioned them at the beginning at mike uh cal yeah um obviously had a really good defense last year but to have them fifth i think is a quite a bit of a reach and i mean especially when they lose jordan kanazic he had 143 tackles for him last year and and then next to him they lose alex funches and they're going to be depending on freshmen and sophomores to replace those guys so i have a hard time seeing a, a top five defense from cal all right, Trey, let's go to the biggest snubs on this top 10 list. I have very strong opinions here, but let's hear yours first, Trey. Yeah, uh, I'm going with the team that wasn't even mentioned in the article was Auburn. Uh, they were sixth in S&P Plus last season in terms of their defense, and they might even be better this year. Their D-line is going to be one of the best in the country, and 
And as we know, a good D line can hide some of the weaknesses elsewhere, but, but they really don't have many. Uh, they, their D line's going to have household names this year. You're going to hear are Nick Coe, Derek Brown, and Marlon Davidson. Uh, they have one of the top safety groups in the country. And there's lots of positive talk in the spring about corner tr- Christian Tut. So Ke- Kevin Steele generally turns out a good defense year after year. So he should have that Tigers D humming. Yeah, that's a good one. They had a lot of guys that could have gone pro that didn't. So, yeah, it's hard for me to believe that Southern Miss is going to have a better defense than Auburn. Not to pick <laughs> on Southern Miss. <laughs> yeah, but, really? Uh, for me, this was the easiest question the entire episode to find a snub here. And it's Michigan State. They were second in the country in S&P Plus defense last year, fifth in Massey Peabody, and they only lose three starters. The entire D-line is back, including, of course, Kenny Willekes. And then, if he's healthy. If he's healthy, right. But he's supposed to be recovered from that broken leg. Yeah, yeah. And then Joe Bocci back at linebacker. I just I don't see any reason why they're not going to be great again. Just some losses in the secondary is their own really concern. Yeah, there's a couple losses back there at safety. Willis and Lane are both gone, and they were great, but... But I agree with you. I, I I had them on my list of potentials also. So I agree, though. Good. You better. Yeah. I mean, you're the head bro. I better. Michael Newman, who's kind of the head <laughs> yeah, brother yeah. <laughs> of the college football bros. You asked for it. I called it. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to go out west here. Uh, I'm going to say Utah. Um, it's pretty well known at this point uh, that they're going to have one of the best D-lines in the country, led by Bradley Anay and Likai Fotu. It was those guys could have gone pro, uh, but decided to come back. And last year, they were 19th in yards per play. And I don't see any reason why they can't make a, a jump from that. I think they're going to get to a top 10 level type of defense out there in Salt Lake City. All right. Now, it is time to move on to a college football spelling bee. And I decided here to go exclusively with current head coaches' last names. Ooh. So it's Ryan against Trey here, and I've got five for each of you. All right. Wow. Are you guys ready? I'm dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I'm ready. Can I write this down, or do I have to just do it in my head? You you know what? Let's use the spelling bee rules. You got to, like, fake write it on your hand. That's the best you can do. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. The first one, Luke Fickle of Cincinnati. So you just got to spell the last name. Am I first? Yes. Sorry. You, you're first, Ryan. Okay. Luke Fickle. F. Can I have wait? Can I have the the country of origin, please? First? <laughs> uh, Ohio, <laughs> not a country, but whatever. <laughs> All right. Uh, F. I. C. K. E. L. L. Correct. Ooh. <laughs> ah. I was a little not sure about that second L, but. All right, Trey. Yours is Seth Luttrell from North Texas. Oh man. Fickle's easier. Tricky one. Tricky yeah, one. Yeah, the, the two T's and two L's. I'm going to go L-I-T-T-R-E-L-L. Correct. What? Ooh. Oh, wow. I would have got that wrong. Oh, yeah. wow. All right. One to one. Nice job, Trey. Here's your second one, Ryan. Dave Doran, NC State. Oh, D-O-E-R-E-N. Correct. Ooh. Oh, wow. I, I would have got it wrong. I thought there was an H in there. <laughs> no, no. I looked at his name actually today. I saw it in an article, so that helped. All right, Trey. Josh Heupel, UCF. H-E-U-P-E-L. Four for four. Four Ooh, for four. Good job, guys. Done. I would have got both the Trey's wrong, I think. Steve Adazio. You don't have to admit that, Ryan. Well, I did. <laughs> Steve Adazio, Boston College. 
A D. Oh man, that's a tough one. Is there two D's or two Z's? <laughs> I feel like ah, oh, that would be weird to have two Z's. Uh, a D D A Z I O. You got it. You got oh it. Oh my gosh. Oh my wow. gosh. <laughs> really? Jeez. All right. Ryan is up three to two. Trey. Oh man. Here's your chance to tie. Dana Holgerson, Houston. I'm going to go. I'm just going to do it how it sounds. H O L G E R S O N. Oh, oh man. man. You mixed <laughs> yeah, up a couple letters in there. Uh, What's that? Yeah. Ryan, do you want to give it a shot or? Oh, we got it wrong. Oh, I thought that was like a. Oh, no, wait, that ding. You ever watched the spelling bee, Ryan? That's the, the incorrect ding. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that wasn't the normal, like, correct answer thing. Okay. Uh, I can I can give it a shot. Um, H-O-L-G-E-R. Dang. All right. It's H-O-L-G-O-R-S-E-N. Oh, oh that, uh, now that you say that. Yeah, yeah, that is a tough one. But I guess he, he, sometimes they call him Holgo. So that yeah, I kind of thought, thought that, but still. Uh. All right, so Ryan, you're still up three to two. Your next word is uh, Lance Leopold, Buffalo. Uh, <laughs> um, Leopold. This is a weird one, I think, isn't it? That's tough. I I, uh, I feel like I've I looked at it one time and it was just like doesn't sound like it you would think, or it isn't spelled like you. It sounds. All right, I'll just go L E uh, A. <laughs> P, no ding yet. Um, o L D. Well, I'll give you the ding. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Where's the ding? <laughs> usually they wait until the guy, the, the kid's done spelling the word. I mean, I'm struggling here. Just give me the ding. <laughs> <laughs> I should have. I should have. All right. So it's Trey. Do you want to give it a shot or L E I P H O L D? Oh, you added an H in there. Oh, there's no if H. There was no H. L E I P O L D. Ah, wow. I made it harder than it was. All right. So Trey, this is your chance to tie here. In round four, you're down three to two, I believe. Yep. Uh, Scott Loeffler, Bowling Green. L-A-U-F-F-L-E-R. L-A-U-G-H-L-E-R? Oh, no, geez. it's L-O-E-F-F-L-E-R. Oof. Oh, Oof. I knew the F. All right, Ryan, this is your final word. And if you get it right, it's over. All right. Chris Kleiman, Kansas State. Oh, K-L-I-E-M-A-N-N. Ooh, dang it. <laughs> you added an extra N. No. You oh, had it right. harder than it was. You, I kind of paused for a second just to I like, <laughs> just like hoping you would just say, yeah, you got it. <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for you to say another N. Oh, why did I want to put another N? Okay. So, Trey, you can tie here. You can tie, and your word is Ken Niamatololo. <laughs> Navy. <laughs> oh my gosh. N I A. Can you say it again? Niamatololo. N I U M A T A L O. Trey. You had it. You had it. You just had to add the, an, another low. Oh, no. <laughs> you, you did Niamata low. Oh, my gosh. I forgot the last low. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a that's a bad mistake. That's a bad beat right there. That was a great spelling job other than that, though. Wow. Yeah. 
Dang it. Oh, man. All right. I was I was going to have the tiebreaker for someone to spell the full name Kalani Sataki from BYU, but... K-I-L-A-N-E? No. No, not, not even close. Oh. <laughs> and then is it S-I-T-A-K-E? That's right for the last name. The first name's K-A-L-A-N-I. N-I. Oh. All right. Well, Ryan wins the spelling bee. Dang it. <laughs> we kind of struggled there at the end, but... Yeah. They were tough. tough names. All right. Let's get back to the... Uh, 2019 preview articles. We got another one from 24-7 Sports, college football's most irreplaceable players. And they had Jake Fromm as their number one. So I'll give my thoughts here first and, and kind of who I thought should be number one. First of all, I think this list should have been almost exclusively quarterbacks. They defined irreplaceable as players whose teams would crumble if taken out of the lineup. So with that in mind, some of the choices for me just did not make sense. For example. Yeah, they should just have a separate, you know, category. Yeah, I I guess it would have been a boring article if they were just all quarterbacks. But they had Michigan offensive lineman Ben Bredesen as number 16 on the list. And there is no way that the absence of any player on Michigan really would be more harmful than the absence of Shea Patterson. I mean, right? Yeah. There's there's no question. Totally. And so as far as who I think should be number one. I'm looking at a guy that I think kind of needs to carry his team, seemingly at least. Khalil Tate from Arizona. That's a good one. The defense hasn't been very good the past few years, so you can't count on that. And then really behind Tate at quarterback, there's no reliable option there. So I think he's going to have a huge year. And without him, I just think Arizona would be in huge trouble. Yeah, I, that's a good one, Mike. I would agree there. He's That's a strong one. Um I'm also going to go with the QB. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I'm going to say it's Sam Ellinger. I, yeah. I think he kind of means about the same thing to Texas as Khalil Tate does to Arizona, um, especially now with uh, your boy, uh, Shane Bachel, having moved on. So there's really no quality backup, at least that's proven. Um, you know, he's important, obviously, because he's the quarterback, but he's also like their best short yardage running back. Yeah. Um, and. I just think this team would really, really struggle without him, especially since they're, as we know, they're losing a lot. So they, they really, really need him. I agree with uh, both of you guys and, and your, Michael, your sentiments too, because like I don't mind having some, a defensive lineman like AJ Epinesa because we see that a, a amazing D lineman can really cause havoc and draw double teams and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, some of those offensive linemen and linebackers really probably aren't, uh, aren't that dramatic of losses, but, and Ryan, I, I was going to say Sam Ellinger too, but I've got another name and this is not Homer at all, but I'm going to say Adrian Martinez. No. Yeah. He's, he's up there. I mean, if you look yeah. at with both Ellinger and Martinez, their offenses right now are pretty tailored to them specifically. And especially with Adrian Martinez, as we even saw last year without Martinez in the lineup in a couple of the games that he was injured, they, the Huskers obviously struggled. It, it's really it built for a guy like, Adrian Martinez and you know I like I think I think Clemson and Alabama they had you know Trevor Lawrence and two up there I think they would be fine if they went down like they might not win the national title but I think they're gonna be they'd still be really good but you look at without Ellinger or Martinez those teams would just struggle yeah Clemson could still make the playoff without Trevor Lawrence obviously it would be a lot harder but they're still the favorites in the ACC without without Trevor Lawrence yeah 100 percent and same with same well yeah, Alabama would still maybe Georgia would be the favorite in the SEC if yeah. Tua was hurt, but they'd yeah. be right but, there. But I mean they'd be relevant. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next 24/7 sports article. They ranked the 
top 10 coaches most likely to join college football's national championship club in the next five years. So their top five was number one, Kirby Smart, then Lincoln Riley, Tom Herman, Ryan Day, and James Franklin. Ryan, who do you think was the most overrated in their in their top 10? Uh, in their top 10, uh, I went with uh, Mario Cristobal, and they had him at 10th. Um, you know, I, I put him, I think he's overrated mainly because I'd put him behind a coach who's just a couple hundred miles north of him up in Seattle. I would put Chris Peterson ahead yep. of him. Um, yes, I know the Ducks should be pretty good this year, but there's pretty much no way they're winning the national championship this year. It would be a huge stunner if they did. I mean, it's it's possible, but... It would be a shock. You know, very, very unlikely. So I think... But I also think some people are just kind of overreacting to one really, really good recruiting class. And, you know, if if you look down to LA, Michael, sorry... If USC gets rid of Clay Helton and all of a sudden USC is going to keep those recruits and Oregon isn't going to be able to have a top three class or top four class like they came up with this year, I mean, they could still have a good class, but not near this this level. So I just don't see Oregon being able to do it. Yeah, I, I can see why wanting to put Chris Peterson ahead of Mario Cristobal because of everything he's proven. Um, but I could also see the other way because... To win a national championship, like we're not just talking about being really good, we're ha- they're having to win it all. And so in order to win it all, almost always you have to have like top five, top 10, let's say at least top 10 talent. There are a couple exceptions throughout the past couple de- decades, but it's rare. And so if you change the question to who has the best chance to have consistent top 10 classes over the next couple of years, then you might say Cristobal over, over Peterson. But I mean, I, I see your point though, Ryan. It's not like a huge difference. I mean, but I just, I would think I would lean towards Peterson. Okay. So my most overrated is Ryan Day. Now, I I, I totally get he inherits a juggernaut from Urban Meyer, but he's really proven nothing as a head coach uh, to this point. He's now going to need to manage recruiting, a coaching staff, maintain a high octane offense. So I I think he's going to succeed just because Ohio State is a machine. But I, I need him to prove it to me, especially, you know, putting him ahead of the likes of Jim Harbaugh and Dan Mullen. That that was a little shocking to me. Yeah, maybe we're all just overreacting to the fact that Lincoln Riley was able to actually kind of even one up Bob Stoops. But True. maybe he's more the exception than the rule. But yeah, uh, for me, I, I was struggling to come up with who was the most overrated. I thought it was a good list. Like, I don't have. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It was a good list. It really was. But if I'm going to choose one, I guess I'll go James Franklin. At number five, I definitely would have Harbaugh. Harbaugh's at six. I'd have Harbaugh ahead of him just because he recruits just as well, if not better, most years. He's three and one against Penn State, including a couple blowouts in there. And I think Michigan right now is set up better to to potentially this win year. a national title. Yeah, yeah this sure. year. And then I'd probably even have Mullen ahead of James Franklin, maybe even Brian Kelly. So, you know, he's not too overrated, but maybe just a couple slots. Right. Uh, how about the biggest snub, Ryan? Well, does, is it Chris Peterson? No, I, I mean, he, I I don't really have an, too big of a gripe there. I, uh, I actually went with a guy that I, that is on the list. I just think he's underrated on the list. Okay, and it's what you it's you person you already mentioned, Dan Mullen at seventh. I I think I'd slide him in front of both Harbaugh and Franklin, honestly, uh, and put him at probably put him in that fifth, maybe fourth ahead of Ryan Day. It's close, but he's clearly a great coach uh, in Florida. 
Florida's just one of those schools where you can dominate if you have the right coach in place because of just all the talent that they have down there. And we saw it with multiple coaches recently winning national championships. So it's not just one one time, you know, Spurrier did it and then Meyer was able to do it as well. So multiple championships recently by different coaches. That's kind of why I'd put him ahead of Harbaugh and Franklin because Penn State, Michigan, I mean, Lloyd Carr got one in 97, 92, what, 92 Penn State? So, it, but it's just not near as recent as Florida's. So, I I think Florida's easier to do it. So, I you guys have mentioned Peterson, and I'm I'm saying Chris Peterson. I, I know it's hard to win the national title, but Washington they were in the Rose Bowl this past year, the Fiesta Bowl the prior year, and then they were in the playoff the year before that. So, again, they might have to take just a slight step forward in recruiting. But they're 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 going to continue to be a Pac-12 factor, and consistently being in that race is going to at least get them a chance at the playoff. Yeah, and I think we all talk about their playoff appearance a few years ago, and maybe don't give them enough credit against Alabama. It's not like they got murdered; like they kind of hung in there a little. They held bit. up defensively for sure. Yeah, so maybe they weren't quite as far as as we perceived it. But uh, right. the guy I went with the biggest snub is Gus Malzahn. And by the way, it is pronounced Malzahn. I looked it up. Oh. So we so we've had that conversation with Ty Hildenbrandt a few weeks ago. He was right. That's how it's pronounced. I, I right. did not know that. But anyway, reason I'm going with him, he already made a national championship in 2013. So he's proven once that he could do it. And then a couple years ago, in 2017, if they had won the SEC championship against Georgia, they would have made the playoff. So he's been right there and they they do recruit well enough. They're you know, top 10-ish talent. So yeah, I think he should have been on the list. Yeah. I mean, they had Eddie O on the list, right? So yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's, maybe it's fair to have Eddie O ahead of Malzahn or Malzahn, excuse pretty me. Close. But yeah. it, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. Yeah. LSU is recruiting a little bit better than Auburn. So yeah. that's really the reason. Other than that, it's Malzahn. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a hard adjustment. <laughs> wow. It's going to be hard to, hard to adjust there. Uh, okay. Ryan, you have a top five list for us? Yes, uh, I do, Michael. I got my, my top five list ready for you. Um, okay. So top five most dominant defensive players I've ever watched. So pretty much since... Pretty much since 2000 is really when I really started caring about college football. So it's pretty much a 2000 and on list. All right. And number five, I have Glenn Dorsey. He was uh, the anchor of that 2007 defense that led LSU to the national title. And little fun fact here for you. He was the first player to win the Outland, Lott, Nagurski, and Lombardi in the same year. Wow. All right. Fun fact. Number four. Julius Peppers. Really? Uh, his physical abilities were obviously insane. We obviously we all know he played basketball at North Carolina as well. And he really dominated his last two years at North Carolina. Plus, you know, his NFL success, that certainly didn't hurt. So he was he was just a beast. All right, hand up here. When you said Julius Peppers, I was thinking Jabril Peppers. That's that's why I was shocked. Ooh, ooh, no. Julius Peppers makes sense. My bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Michael was stunned. I was like, yeah, it's a good pick. <laughs> yeah. Julius barely qualified for this list. He did play like 2000 and then 2001, I think, might have been his last year. But okay. Anyways, same with this. the following guy. Uh, number three, Ed Reed. He was, uh, without a doubt, the most dominant secondary player I've seen. He had 17 interceptions in his last two years at the U. Just incredible amount there. 
and he was the leader of one of the best defenses of all time on the best one of the best teams of all time in, in that 2001 Miami squad so we saw them live we saw him live we saw him live yep kick our rear end number two Terrell Suggs he had 44 sacks in three years at ASU but his junior year which was his last year it was he had 24 sacks it was just an absolute he was just an absolute beast he was by far uh, the best player in that time so Terrell Suggs number two for me T-Sizzle yep T-Sizzle and then number one I think you guys already know (laughs) (laughs) number one and Dominican Sue Uh, I don't I don't think this is me being a homer maybe it is but he's the most dominant defensive player I've ever seen I, I don't think I've seen a player dominate a game like he did especially in his senior year in 2009 he was incredibly at 93 tackles 24 tackles for loss and 12 sacks and we all saw what he did to Texas in that big 12 title game he was unreal even when facing double teams all right good list good list it's it's hard to argue with sue at number one he was a freak yeah even like even musburger and herb street in that that specific game you mentioned the big 12 title they were just like their jaw was on the floor talking about saying those same things yeah finalist for the heisman as defensive player i just you got to be incredible to do that so all right any any honorable mentions ryan any guys that came to mind besides those um no (laughs) (laughs) What about you? Do you have anybody that I feel like I might have left out? Um, I'm just right now Googling. I'm doing some Googling. I'm trying to think. Who who has recently been really good? Yeah, 2000 and on, kind of. Patrick Willis was obviously a stud at Ole Miss. He was pretty close up there. Yeah, Ed Oliver at Houston. What about the Honey Badger? Honey Badger, he was pretty darn good. Um, Gerald McCoy at OU was was pretty good, but not quite top five. Pat Ricketts for Nebraska. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my god! Oh, the Br- bottom five, brutal. <laughs> let's move on and let's get let's get back. We got more articles to go through. Sports Illustrated had their five teams to regress in 2019. They listed Fresno State, Kentucky, NC State, Northwestern, and Notre Dame. So Trey, which which of those teams, or really any team in the country, are you most confident will regress? I would put a, a pretty substantial amount of money on my pick in Kentucky. Uh, I'm yeah. not, it, it's going to sound like I'm anti-Kentucky, but they pulled rabbits out of their hats to win 10 games last year, especially that Missouri game. I, I still vividly remember like the series of events that occurred for them to win that game, yeah. but neither here nor there. Um, and based on Bill Connolly's metrics, they rank number 114 in returning production. So that alone... Uh, isn't set up for for much success and you know even when a team that has their return a quarterback returning usually that's a positive thing and i'm sure terry wilson will <laughs> usually improve but I, it just doesn't move the needle for me so i think uh i think they'll regress i went with kentucky as well it's just kind of seems like the obvious answer no benny snell on offense no josh allen on defense i think they're gonna win i don't know six or seven games snell yeah snell no Snell, no, yeah. Uh, okay, Kentucky's obviously Snell you a great later. Pick. What? I <laughs> forget I said anything. <laughs> <Go on. laughs> All right, the, definitely a good pick. Uh, I'm going to go somewhere else. And I'm going to say NC State. They will regress after going 9-4 and four this past year. Uh, Trey mentioned Bill Connolly's returning production rankings, and they're 109th in that. But, of course, the biggest loss is Ryan Finley at quarterback. He was super efficient for them the past few years. Probably didn't get the amount of credit that he deserved. 
Uh, and they don't really have a clear leader at that, at that position right now. Maybe Matt McKay is kind of the leader in the clubhouse, but big, big shoes to fill for, uh, as far as Ryan Finley. So I think they're going to drop pretty good, although the ACC is kind of weak, but I don't see they're going to get to get to nine wins. All right. Our last article we have here, ESPN ranked the top 10 non-conference games of the 2019 season. They had Notre Dame at Georgia, number one. Seems like a pretty good choice there. Uh, but rather than say who's overrated and underrated on this list, I'm just going to ask which game you're most looking forward to. And I'll go first here. I'm picking number two on their list, LSU at Texas in week two. For me, I'm I, I'm particularly looking forward to this game because I think I'm going to be, well, I'm definitely going to be very low on Texas relative to most people coming into the year. And I might be high on LSU. I don't know. I haven't I just actually bought my Athlon uh, preview magazine. So starting the research, starting the research. Um, But yeah, I think we're kind of immediately going to see whether I'm right or wrong about those teams. And then I think the winner of the game is obviously they're going to be vaulted right into the playoff conversation. So yep, yep. it should be a fun one. Yeah, that's definitely definitely one I'm looking forward to as well. Uh, But for me, number one, I'm going to go with Oregon versus Auburn uh, in Arlington. Uh, That game's right out of the gate. It just seems like both those teams need it if they really want to have that that big special year, especially Auburn, where their schedule is so tough that they just they can't slip up. And it's a good test. I, if Herbert's going to be for real, if Oregon's going to be for real, then they should be able to keep up and maybe beat maybe beat uh, Auburn. But uh, it's it's just a fun one that I'm looking forward to. I'm going to throw out a little teaser. We're going to start our our preview episodes for the 2019 season. We do it conference by conference actually division by division and i think those are some of our best episodes every year so make sure you're subscribed for those but i'm in this oregon auburn game i think i'm gonna pick one of the teams to win by three touchdowns i'm not gonna tell you which wow all right i think i already know all right well listeners are gonna have to tune in don't forget Mike. <laughs> everyone yeah i'm, I'm gonna forget and everyone's <laughs> listening is like i don't really care <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> whatever. <dude>. Yeah, <laughs> both those are, are great picks. I'm particularly looking forward to that LSU Texas game just because it's it's a not a non traditional matchup. Mm-hmm. That Notre Dame at Michigan is the one for me though. It, it's a classic rivalry, and having it being played at the end of October, it could have a ton of weight as far as the playoff is concerned. Michigan, they're seeking revenge from last year, opening up and and looking pretty bad against Notre Dame. So. Looking at their schedule as well, they look to be both coming in with one loss or or fewer. So add in the fact that you've got Brian Kelly versus Jim Harbaugh, all of the returning production on each side, especially at quarterback with Ian Book and Shea Patterson. I mean, the winning quarterback in this one could potentially maybe get a uh, a seat in New York. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, Last thing I want to do is just mention one piece of news from this past week. Brew McCoy. Oh, five-star so true freshman wide receiver for Texas is as we're recording this, he's reportedly considering transferring back to USC. So it, it's still up in the air as to whether that's true. But so is he going to have to sit out two years now or I know, I don't know. This is kind of, as far as I know, unprecedented. Or so will he it go obviously, backwards? Will it go? He doesn't have to sit out. I, <laughs> maybe he has to go back to high school. I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. But so anyway, he, of course, enrolled at USC early, was there for two weeks, then transferred to Texas, and now maybe, I guess, coming back. So we'll have to see what happens there. But crazy, crazy story. That's a crazy story brewing right there. 
<laughs> oh, very nice, Trey. Very nice. Yep. Yep. I'm not even, I can't make fun of that one. That was solid. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. All right. That'll do it for this episode of the College Football Bros podcast. Remember, for Trey's wedding, write us a five-star review. That's what that's what Allie asked for. And we will leave you with a thought from our friend Bruce Feldman. You name it, shampoo, conditioner, body wash, toothpaste, hair gel, even a wipe that leaves your tush feeling tingly. Okay, Bruce. Thanks, Bruce. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week, everyone. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening. Out now in paperback comes This Is What America Looks Like, the inspiring memoir from trailblazing Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. Readers will discover her unbelievable journey from refugee to immigrant to one of the first Muslim members of Congress. Her story is a true multidimensional tale of an inspiring woman and all the hopes, disappointments, successes, and surprises that make up the life of an immigrant in America today. Get your copy of This Is What America Looks Like at hc.com slash Ilhan Omar or wherever books are sold. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today.